Welcome to the Crossview Church Message of the Week. We hope you enjoy the message this morning. For more information, visit us at mycrossview.com. It's good to see you. I'm glad you're here. Oh wow, I love this time of year. This is so, so, so great. I'm also really excited about the hockey game. I have been to one hockey game in my life and I have no idea what's happening, but it looks cool. So uh, come and join. That'll be really fun. Well, in the words of a very famous green philosopher from the movie A Muppet's Christmas Carol, there are only six more sleeps till Christmas. <laughs> and uh, I, ho- I hope you're excited about that. Not sure if you're ready. I think we're mostly ready uh, for that day. That Christmas is just days away is just crazy, but really, really excited for this next week. And I can't tell you how excited I am for the message Today, I know I say that every week, I'm kind of just excited in general, but I really feel like this message today is going to be meaningful and will uh, really touch uh, our hearts. I hope the outcome of today, here's what I'm hoping, is that we leave with a sense of awe and wonder at who God is and what he's done for us. That's what I hope. I hope we kind of walk away in that kind of kind of, you know, feeling of what God has done. So, buckle up, buckle down, buckle in, buckle however. Are you ready? <laughs> uh, I don't know about you, but I, wouldn't it be great if we had a white Christmas? You know, if it would snow. I, I've had a couple of those, uh, you know, in years past. It's supposed to snow-ish, kind of, a little bit this coming weekend. So, but you know me, I love the Northwest and I love the weather in the Northwest. I love the rain, the cold, I love the green, I love nature all around us. And my, my brother Troy uh, lived down in LA for quite some time. And every time after he lived in LA, he was down there for eight or nine years. And he, when he would drive back up to Oregon, he'd always say to me, Kyle, you live in the forest. <laughs> yes, I do. And it's wonderful. <laughs> Uh, I love the beauty and the power of nature all around us. And you may be asking, all right, Pastor Kyle, what's the deal with talking about nature on the fourth week of Advent? Well, this last week of Advent, we focus on and celebrate the love of God that is given to us through the birth of Jesus. And at times, I think it's uh, difficult for us to really grasp the, uh, the love of God to us shown Uh, in the baby in the manger. And so I hope uh, that for these next few minutes, I'd like to use the metaphor and the ideas of nature as the backdrop for our discussion to try to give us some kind of handle to talk about God's love. I'm often drawn to the uh, the poetic and powerful images uh, of of these nature metaphors and, and how they help us think about the depth of God's love. And I'm drawn to these because I think God's love is best represented using images that we can barely wrap our minds around. I actually think that kind of pushing our our thought and our perspective is very helpful. And we often find those in nature. Even, and, and even then, we don't get close to understanding God. We don't get close to understanding the love that God has for us. So I'd like for us today to try and use our imaginations. Imagine the greatness of God's love shown to us through the baby in the manger. I'd like to, and, I, and as we do that, I'd like for us to reflect on the fact that we seem to be satisfied with something far less than what was given to us through Christ's presence at Christmas. There's the kind of the hard reflection on that, but I think, I hope it leaves us a bit in awe today. 
One of my favorite places to experience the beautiful aspects of nature is a place called Silver Creek Falls uh, down in Oregon, in Silverton, Oregon. Silver Creek Falls is this really cool place. We grew up about 10 or 20 minutes from there, so we could go there often. And there's two really beautiful waterfalls in Silver Creek Falls. It's a, it's a, it's a, uh, it's a national park. And uh, the first waterfall up near the top is about 10 minutes away from the parking lot. So you can park and walk down to the waterfall in just a few minutes. And oh, it is beautiful. I can even picture it now. I haven't been there in a while, but I can picture it now. You walk down this, this uh, kind of stairway hill, and they have a path that goes right behind the waterfall. Have you ever stood behind a waterfall? It's so close, you can almost reach out and touch it. But I can hear, as I think about it, I can hear the roar of the water as it falls from up above your head down to the pool below. I can, I can just, the power of that. I can feel how you walk behind the waterfall and it, the, it just drops in degrees, like 10 degrees. It gets a lot colder as you're standing behind the waterfall. I can feel the mist on my face and in my hands. And I'm just, I just remember as a boy going, wow, this is amazing. Just kind of standing in awe and wonder. This park is really cool. We used to have cross-country races there. We'd run on the paths through the trees. One summer, I got a job building a brand new trail. Uh, and, and we were high school students, so they didn't let us have power tools. They, so we, had to, we literally had to tr- chop down trees with axes. And if we wanted to cut the grass, we had little shears that we had to do. It was terrible and awesome. <laughs> I loved it. I'll never forget that summer working there. But have you ever... Have you ever been in a place standing in front of an aspect of nature that leaves you just in awe? Maybe, you're, maybe you think about the ocean. The ocean is so massive and powerful. And when you're standing on the, on the sea, you, can, you can't even see as far as it goes, right? And those things are part of God's creation. We're not even talking about God himself. We're talking about how we stand in awe and wonder at those things which are created. I remember a time when Christine and I were at the beach and uh, it was great. We had this room that was right next to the beach. We'd open our windows and fall asleep to the roar of the ocean. Have you ever done something like that? Use your imagination. Think about the depths of the sea and all that's in it and the power that we experience in nature. These resonate with me and help us understand even our place, that we're finite. Those things are finite. And God is infinite, right? When trying to understand the character and nature of God, we need to be careful not to think that we can completely understand or even capture it even with our best language or the best of our human intellect. No matter how hard we try, God and his love is bigger than anything we can conceive. Amen? So if we're trying to use one of these images from nature, doing our best to scratch the surface of something, uh, of understanding the love of God, we might say God's love shown to us through Jesus is like a mighty waterfall. And sometimes our approach is like taking a teacup to Niagara Falls, thinking it will be able to contain all its water. (laughs) God's love is uncontainable and more than we can possibly imagine. And yet he freely gives it all to you and to me. That's what we focus on this last week of Advent.
There's an overwhelming amount of God's love and power that is given to us in Jesus. He's put on flesh and blood and he moves into the neighborhood. John 3.16 says this. We know this verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn it but to save the world through him. I love this passage. And I chose, this. we decided to use this uh, verse. It's a bit unusual for this time of year. This is not normally a passage that you hear during Advent or at, at Christmas. But it's so appropriate that we mark the beginning of Jesus' earthly existence by thinking about his love. It's a verse that can bookend for us our experience of God's love through the coming of Jesus, but also what he did for us on the cross. We've kind of been holding this idea of tension all the way through, through Advent, right? Where we were celebrating God's birth, but we know the end of the story. And we're kind of in the middle of that. Why not use a verse like this? It captures the awesome love in the heart of God that inspired and motivated and brought about Christmas. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus, right? All throughout scripture, there's packed full of stories about God's love. It's the message of the Bible that God, in his love for his creation, begins a restoration plan, a plan of rescue and renewal. The love shown to all humanity through Jesus is a love that literally restores the broken, heals the sick, sets prisoners free, brings hope to the hopeless, and reconnects humanity with God. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Oh. Brendan Manning, uh, one of my favorite authors, uh, in an Advent, ref Advent reflection, uses uh, a, his own nature metaphor using the ocean. So kind of track with me here. I'd like to kind of share how he uses it. He uses it a little bit different than we're talking about it. So uh, let's do, do your best to follow along. But he calls the people who realize their need for God, for God's saving grace and love, he calls them the shipwrecked. That's a pretty easy. We understand we, we do our best to travel on these large oceans and sometimes it goes really wrong, right? So, but I wonder if you relate with these people. He writes, The shipwrecked at the stable are the poor in spirit who feel lost in the cosmos, adrift on the open sea, clinging with a life and death desperation to the one solitary plank floating in the water. Finally, they are washed ashore and make their way to the stable, stripped of the old spirit of possessiveness, uh, in regard to anything, the shipwrecked find it utterly absurd to be caught up in tinsel trees or in the meaningless holiday rush. They're not concerned with their own emotional security or any trinkets of creation. And it's at this stable where they encounter the blinding moment of truth. They make the stunning discovery that Jesus, the baby in the manger, is the plank of salvation that they've been clinging to without knowing it. Incredible. <laughs> For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. The shipwrecked, those in desperate need of saving, that's you and me, by the way, <laughs> are saying to us, let go of worthless desires and recognize more fully what we've been given. Christmas means that God has given us nothing less than himself. And his name is Jesus. Be unwilling to settle for anything else. Don't come with a teacup when God has nothing less to give you than the ocean itself. 
Don't be content with a nice Christmas when Jesus says, it has pleased my Father to give you the kingdom. (sighs) For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son. See, one of the things that we need to recognize is that the human heart is made for Jesus and cannot truly be content with anything less. Uh, there's this fun story I want to I share. It's a fictional story about four shepherds who came to Bethlehem. But I love it because as we think about it, it helps us ask questions about where's our focus, where's our approach in this last week as we head toward Christmas. Four shepherds came to Bethlehem. One brought eggs, another bread and cheese, and a third brought something to drink. And the fourth brought nothing at all. The first three shepherds chatted with Mary and Joseph like you might at any normal Christmas party, commenting on how well Mary looked or how cozy the stable was or maybe how handsomely Joseph had decorated with whatever he could find. They congratulated the proud parents, presented them with their gifts, and assured them that if they needed anything, all they had to do was ask. Finally, someone asked, where is the fourth shepherd? They searched all over. Finally, someone peeked through the blanket that they'd hung to guard the baby against the blowing wind. And there, kneeling at the crib, was the fourth shepherd. Throughout the night, he stayed in loving adoration, giving his undivided attention to the new king, the one for whom the shepherds had just witnessed a host of heaven declaring glory in the highest. Isn't that kind of a cool picture? (laughs) So as Christmas approaches, as we linger in Advent, waiting for just a few more days, what is your focus? Where is your focus? What are you thinking about? Are you, as we all are to some degree, distracted by the busyness of this season, the consuming of this season? Or are you, as one author put it, allowing yourself space to be laid waste by the love of God? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Where are you today, days before Christmas? Are you captivated by the joy and wonder, not of the Christmas season, but captivated by the love of God? This is the question that we're asking in this week. I want to tell a story uh, that will also maybe help us uh, enter into how am I approaching God's love. Uh, So I'll tell the story, but as I tell the story, you got to remember... Like you, I never let you forget, but I'm from Oregon, uh, and our Oregon, the Oregon coasts are terrible, right? The water is always cold. It doesn't matter what season we're in, and the, the, the sand is rocky and not great. One of the things that my, when my family would go to the beach, we would like drive by the beach, and we'd be like, hey, look, there's the beach, as we drive to something else. We never would like go on the beach and play and hang out. We just didn't do that. And then I got married to my wife. She was born in San Diego and loves the beach. And uh, so when, when Christina would come, she would force us, <laughs> lovingly, force us to go actually onto the beach. And I'll never forget, there's this one time where we're going to the beach. And we just, we, we pull up, we walk up, and Christina just heads right onto the sand, right out toward the water. And she is just loving it. And there's me and my family. We're all standing. We're not, we're standing on the pavement. We're not on the sand. Standing there, coats zipped up, like, what is happening? <laughs> this is terrible. <laughs> Can we go now? <laughs> That's, that was the beach for us growing up. And so all of that to say the background is we were, we were in Hawaii. This was years and years and years ago. We went to Hawaii with Christina's family. 
And I was being what someone called after the first service a vacation grump. Have you ever been a vacation grump? I, we went to the beach. I did not want to go to the beach. And I did not want to swim in the water. But that was like the first thing we did. So everybody goes to the beach. They just throw off their towels and they dive right into the water. And I'm like, I am not doing that. I'm going to sit right here until we're done and we can go do something else. <laughs> My wife is shaking her head. Uh, and so eventually she convinced me. She's like, Kyle, just at least dip your foot in the water and check it out. So like, okay, I'm in Hawaii. I'd be crazy if I didn't. So I walked over and I dipped my foot in the water and it was like, Poof. what? It's like a bathtub. <laughs> it was warm and wonderful. And so the rest of the day I was like, okay, let's do this thing. I'm all in. I'm diving and swimming and snorkeling and yeah, you, might, you all probably know, it's just like, Kyle, that's crazy to go to Hawaii and think that you're not going to dive in the water. Uh, <laughs> but I, it was a fun experience and a story that I'll never forget. And the reason I tell you all of that is to just encourage you this morning, to ask you, when it comes to God's love, how are you approaching God's love? Are you just dipping your foot in? <laughs> Or are you willing to dive full on in, to be in God's presence, to experience that love with, with all that he has done for us? Brendan Manning writes this, If all we are going for is placid decency, routine prayer, well-behaved worship, and comfortable compassion, then we have no fellowship with the radical love of God found in the baby lying in the manger. The love that descended to Bethlehem is not a mild-mannered love of a good-humored God. It is a burning fire whose light chases away every shadow, floods every corner, and turns midnight into noon. This is love that reveals sin and overcomes it. It conquers darkness with such forcefulness and intensity that it scatters the proud, humbles the mighty, and feeds the hungry. And all of this comes through a little baby lying in the feeding trough of an animal in a little town called Bethlehem. For God so loved the world that he sent his only son. To recognize this requires some humility and it requires faith. And I'll admit that it is difficult for us to grasp how the coming of Jesus flipped the world upside down. It's difficult for us to really understand the revolution of love that was brought to the poor and the powerless and those in need because of Jesus. God is gracious and he loves us in a way that defines human comprehension and escapes human imitation. That's why I can stand here this morning and say in the power of God's word proclaimed that God loves you unconditionally just as you are, not as you should be because no one is as they should be. Amen? Oh, do you believe this? This is the question that we're asking this morning that we have to wrestle with, that God can love me like that with all the wrongs that you've made in your past, the mistakes, the moral detours, moments of sin and selfishness and dishonesty, that God has used all of those circumstances of your life to bring you to right, right here, right now, and you stand on holy ground in the presence of a loving God. Can you see God's love in the face of this baby? Do you believe that God, knowing your whole life story, loves you 
beyond worthiness and unworthiness, beyond faithfulness and unfaithfulness, that he loves you without caution or regret, (laughs) boundary limit or breaking point, no matter what's gone down in your life, he can't stop loving you. God's love for us is not transactional. He loves you. You could more easily catch the entire ocean in a teacup than you could understand the wild, relentless, passionate, uncompromising, pursuing love of God made present in the manger. For God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son for you and for me. Incredible. (laughs) Worship team, would you come back? I hope that as we end our time in this service together, that we leave with a sense of awe at what God has done for us and who he is and the the way that he loves you. As we close, I want to reflect on some words uh, from a song that I I have been listening to a lot. I can't seem to get enough of it. It's a, it's a song called Transfigured, and it's by Hillsong Worship. And I just want to end with just a few of the verses, uh, and then we'll pray, and then we'll sing a last couple of songs together. Some of these words from the song go like this. What, for what was veiled is now seen. Jesus, the image of the invisible God. A, king, a kingdom once concealed, now on earth revealed. In the baby Jesus, we have seen glory that cannot be unseen. I love that line. In God's love shown through Jesus, we are changed and changing still. Holy is the Lord revealed before my eyes. My burdened heart can scarcely take it in. And as I behold your beauty with unworthy eyes, the only song that my soul can find to sing is hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I think maybe that word captures this moment, this day, this week as we think about it. Hallelujah. And we understand our words fail us, our concepts fail us. You love us so much. God, leave us with that sense of awe and wonder as we enter into this week. And and then help God as we As we think about this, help us have this desire to see others around us experience this type of love and an invitation to this kind of life. Help us see the world the way that you see it, filled with your love. Open our hearts to you today, these next few days as we approach Christmas. We love you, Jesus. We praise you. We worship you. We sing hallelujah in your name. Would you stand and let's sing these last few songs together.